Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The St. Louis Cardinals have hired Kyle Bloom as an advisor to John Mozeliak. Also, some comments Bill DeWay Jr. made about the, the, the Cardinals are very revealing. We'll get into those. And then we'll talk some more about prospects. We'll look, instead of pitching, we'll look at the hitting and the position players all of that and much, much more on this episode of the Believe in St. Louis Cardinals podcast. The Cardinals have have hired Kyle Bloom as their as an advisor to John Mozeliak, and I think you know. When measuring the impact that this has, I know there's a lot of negativity coming from his time with the Red Sox as chief baseball officer and coming off of a time when the Red Sox were really, really successful uh, in the mid-2000s or in the mid-2010s, rather, and before that. Um, But I think this is a positive thing. I really do. He started his career in Tampa Bay. Kyle Bloom did just to give you some background. He's 40 years old and he started in Tampa Bay as an intern. Uh, he, then he was hired to work full time in the minor league operations in, in that same year. So this is a guy who worked his way up through like from the very bottom, worked his way up as an intern and then worked in minor league operations in 2005. He was promoted to assistant director of minor league operations in 2008 and was responsible for all aspects of the minor league system. He was named Director of Baseball Operations in 2011, expanding his job to include contract negotiations, salary arbitration, budgeting, things like that, overseeing major league support staff, and internal scouting. So when you have that job, you, you really get your hands dirty and analyze everything that's going on in the minor leagues. And in 2014... When general manager Andrew Friedman left the Rays organization, the Rays promoted Bloom to vice president of baseball operations with the Tampa Bay Rays. And his responsibilities expanded to include to his overseeing domestic and internal or international rather player development and newly created baseball performance science center trade negotiations, pro amateur and intern international scouting philosophy. Um, so again, this is a guy who started from the bottom and worked his way to the top. And, and in 2016, he was named senior vice president of baseball operations in 2016. And despite, and we all know Tampa Bay has a low payroll. And despite this, if you look at the Tampa Bay Rays record during that time from 2005 all the way till his departure in 2019, Starting in 2019, the Rays were 96 and 66, 2018, 90 and 72, 2017, 80 and 82, 2016, 68 and 94, 2015, 80 and 82, 2014, 77 and 85, 2013, 92 and 71, 2012, 90 and 72, 2011, 91 and 71, 2010, 96 and 66. So he was a part of, and the list goes on and on. And there's way more good years than bad years. And when you're an organization like the Rays, you, you, you're you going to go through those high peaks and low valleys. You're just going to because it's hard to develop a wave of talent all the way to the major leagues and keep that 
sustainability going, especially when at times you're you're pushing things in and trying to align everything where it hits all as, all at once. I mean, just ask teams like the Royals, the Pirates, these small market teams, and we can argue whether or not, you know, especially in the case of the Pirates, whether they are a small market team or not, or whether they just behave like one. That's a whole nother conversation for another time. But Kime Bloom, you, I don't think you can argue, was a part of an organization that made the most out of what they have. And for an organization that's consistently at the bottom of, of payroll uh, for in total, you know, we have the Mets spending over $300 million. We have the Rays spending, you know, a, a fifth of that, if that even, if my math's correct here, I have, I have no idea. But the Rays, they may not even, even spend a fifth of $300 million. Actually, they do because I'm, I'm dumb at math. But the point is, for an organization that doesn't spend money at the level of the of the big boys, like the the Yankees and the Red Sox, where he went to, um, it's impressive. It's impressive what they were able to do. And I think getting somebody from that that has all that experience, especially in the minor leagues, and I think you're seeing it with the Cardinals' transactions. I mean, they're taking a lot of players from Boston. They've made a trade with the Rays. So they're, they're getting a lot of their pitchers from these organizations. Now, does that have anything to do with Kyle Bloom? I would suspect it does. I would suspect that he's probably been in talks with the Cardinals for a while now and been an advisor for a while. I mean, that, that would make sense to me. I don't know that for firsthand. I don't know. But this is an exciting development because I think the, the Cardinals front office, there isn't a question. I think we can all agree that they've done a poor job of developing pitching especially at the minor league level and kyle bloom is a guy that has has been a part of an organization that's been able to do that for many many years and john denton wrote an article about this on january 8th so it starts by saying after decades of famously following and abiding to the maxims of the cardinal way the cardinals pronounced themselves more open than ever to outside ideas with monday's hiring of former rays and red sox front office executive Kyle Bloom to an advisory position. So I think that opening sentence tells us more about the state of the Cardinals than, than, than a lot of things do. I think them being open to different ways of thinking, bringing in a, a new perspective, a fresh voice, that can only be a good thing for, Car for the St. Louis Cardinals. And I, it, I think you're seeing the starts of it already. And hopefully, you know, he has a role in scouting and seeing which players they should draft, which players they should trade for. Like I said, I think you're already seeing it, you know, with Andrew Kittredge coming from Tampa Bay, uh, Robertson coming from the Red Sox. Some of these moves, I think, you know, are obviously, I, I think you can point to Kyle Bloom and say he may have had something to do with that. I don't know for sure. The, the quotes here from Mosellock are interesting. He says, we've always prided ourselves with our history. But understanding best practices is something that I think it is smart business to do. And this gives us an opportunity to do that. Uh, Mosellock said, I, I just think it's a great opportunity when you think about the length of time that Bill DeWitt and myself have been together. And with a lot of the senior leadership in the front office, it's going to be nice to have somebody to give us a fresh perspective. When you look at our steady state over the last 25 years, we really haven't had a lot of those outside voices come in. Kime has had an accomplished career and allowing him to come in and look behind the curtain and give us some insights is exciting. And it's something we look forward to. I th again, it's refreshing 
he said it there. The Cardinals haven't had many outside voices come in. It's mostly just been how the Cardinals do business. They pr- promote from within. I mean, going all the way back to, you know, Mike Schilt and, and Ali Marmol. These are guys that work their way up from the top. And Kime is definitely somebody who's done that in his career. So I think, like I said, this is an exciting development. I think Cardinals fans should be excited about this as the Cardinals focus one eye on their major league staff, which is important, but also you always have to have an eye on the the minor leagues and player development, which is something that's been very, very lacking in recently with the Cardinals. So let's talk, let's focus our attention now to the comments that Bill DeWitt the third made about the St. Louis Cardinals and what does this mean for the team going forward? John Denton again on January 8th wrote an article titled DeWitt confident for 2024 after wake up call of 2023. And the quotes here are very, very interesting quote. Look, I think we're always open to improving our club within reason, but you know, we've already made some big moves said DeWitt, uh, whose club had a $186.4 million payroll in 2023 and one that could approach 200 million in 2024. According to Spotracks, with payroll, it has to be thought of in the context of the whole business with all the investments we're making in other aspects of the product on the field. And then there's the revenue picture, which frankly is a bit challenging this year relative to last year when you think about what's happening with local television, media, etc. So that to me is fascinating. That tells me that I believe this Bally deal is having an impact on the what they think they're willing to spend or what they're willing to spend. So that I think confirms that suspicion at least somewhat and he goes on to say so we are making a pretty big push by raising payroll and having revenues somewhat challenged it's actually quite a commitment now there is a little more payroll is there a little more payroll room there it depends on the deal so again it this these quotes tell me from this article that the cardinals are basically done there might be a minor move here or there that they can swing maybe a trade for a veteran pitcher. But as far as the major moves that were, we expected out of this off season, whether they would, would be as high our expectations as high as getting Yamamoto, which was completely unrealistic or the fact that they could trade for a Dylan cease uh, that, that the Dylan cease move, not likely to happen at all. As I talked about on the last episode of this program, So this tells me that they're basically done making moves and that the payroll situation, he's saying, you know, as it approaches 200 million, there's actually quite a commitment there from the Cardinals. And we'll see the Cardinals sit at about number seven or number eight, depending on what site you look at right now and in total team payroll amongst major league teams. But there are so many other moves that that can be made. There's so many players that are out there. So that's going to change. And it'll be interesting to see at the end of the day, once opening day is here, where the Cardinals stack up. Because as as I've said on this show before, the Cardinals are the number 10 valued franchise in Major League Baseball. Uh, It's it's valued at $2.55 billion. And simply put, if the Cardinals aren't spending in the top 10, and we've seen, you know, the home attendance of games at Bush Stadium. I mean, they've been top five in home attendance for a long time. They have three over 300 million fans consistently show up to the ballpark. If they're not willing to address major needs, whether it be by trade at the trade deadline or or otherwise, this tells me that I don't know. It's 
it just it, and I'm not saying that you need to spend money in order to win. I mean, the Tampa Bay Rays are are an example of that, but you could see you could also see that the hiring of Kyle Bloom signals to me that the Cardinals realize that they're not going to be able to spend with the big boys or they're not willing to. And unfortunately for for some of us, including myself, it really feels still like they they need a starting pitcher and I've said that many many times on this show. But I think the, the Kime Bloom move is good. And I think this the move to this direction signals that the Cardinals, that, that we can probably expect them not to be in on these big free agents because the Cardinals have shown us historically that they're just not willing to go above and beyond to outbid somebody for an elite starting pitcher to be at the top of the market, to go after the top shelf of players. That's just not something that, they're going to be interested. That's just not something they're going to do. So we probably need to adjust our radar as fans, as frustrating as it is, because it, it this shift in the, the organization, I think, um, I, I think signals that they realize that, oh, we need to develop a little bit more because we don't want to pay for top tier talent, even if we might need it. So we're going to take a short break uh, on the show. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about some more prospects, some exciting players that the Cardinals may have as early as 2024, but certainly exciting prospects in their farm system. And we're going to take a look at the position players after this short message from our sponsors. All right, we are back on Believe in St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Last episode or, or one of the last episodes that we covered we talked about is the next great starting pitcher for the cardinals in the minor leagues right now and we talked about the cardinals pitching prospects we talked about tink hans Takoa roby cooper herpy gordon graceffo sam roversy michael mcgreevy and that episode was very popular so i thought you know why not look at the other side of the baseball baseball if it makes if it even makes sense for me to say that and let's talk about the Cardinals uh, position players. And if if there's any shot that any of these guys are going to make an impact as early as 2024. And the first player that I've talked about before on the show is Victor Scott. And Victor Scott is a very interesting player in the sense that he's very, very fast. Uh, he's uh, very good in the outfield. And according to this scouting report here, uh, Scott is one of the fastest players all of minor league baseball. The wheels make him a natural center fielder with tons of range and it says he could he's he's got a future potentially as a as a gold glove center fielder if he gets ample playing time at the top level. He's adjusted nicely to more of a line drive ap- approach with high A Peoria and Double A Springfield in 2023. And while he used to sell out for power with an uphill swing, he hasn't shown as much pop with the the adjustments uh, that he's that he's made, and if Scott can hit around 270 or 280 with his other skills, he's absolutely going to be a fantastic asset for the St. Louis Cardinals, and he's a very exciting player that is kind of a throwback player. He's kind of a uh, you know when I think of somebody who can steal bases, you know, Cardinal fans, especially fans that are a little bit older, can remember Lou Brock and what he brought, the energy that he brought to a baseball team. And you can't tell me that St. Louis couldn't benefit from somebody like that on their team that can steal a base, maybe that can pinch run in a a pinch. Sorry to use that word uh, for lack of a better word. It can pinch run in a pinch. 
You know, he can steal a base if you need a base stolen, or at the very least, he can be a threat for the pitcher to think about. Uh, to me, that's one of the most underrated features of, of any player is if they have speed to burn. And certainly, uh, Victor Scott does have speed to burn as as a potential prospect for the St. Louis Cardinals. And again, we go back to John Denton, Mr. Uh, Mr. Article, uh, you know, sommelier here. Um, that's probably not the right word to use, but John Denton talks about Victor Scott in his article, and it says here that no player's stock has risen higher or faster than that of Scott, who tied for the who, who tied for the minor league baseball lead in stolen bases with 94 last season and backed it up with more stellar per- play in the Arizona Fall League. Center fielder Tommy Edmond is coming off of arthroscopic arthroscopic wrist right wrist surgery, which could free up a few extra reps for the speedy son of two former former track athletes. So he goes on to say that if Scott shows an ability to get on base, steal bags, and play gold glove level defense, he might just make the roster. I mean, it says here, according to uh, the Cardinals website or according to MLB.com prospects, uh, Victor Scott is their number four prospect. He's expected to be up at the major league level in 2025. But it really feels like he's on the fast track if the Cardinals need an outfielder. And if Tommy Red, Tommy Edmond isn't quite ready to start the season, maybe it's Victor Scott. Maybe it is. Now, the number three prospect for the St. Louis Cardinals is Chase Davis. And he is probably a little bit further away than Victor Scott is. He He's at single A right now. He's a left-handed hitter. He's a little bit bigger. He was the Cardinals' first-round draft pick in 2023. And his estimated time of arrival in the big leagues is 2026. And Chase Davis at at the University of Arizona, Davis was a full-time, he was a full-time starter in 2022. He hit 18 home runs and performed very well in the postseason. Uh, He spent the summer at Team USA and in the Cape Cod League. The Cardinals made him uh, the 21st overall pick, like I mentioned, in 2023 and signed him for a slot value at $3,600. Eighteen thousand two hundred dollars, and since his it's this report here since his high school days, Davis has been known for his tremendous raw power from the left side of the plate. And in twenty twenty two, the the outfielder started to learn how to really lap it in. He has the ability to drive the ball to all fields, which is something that is music to my ears. With plenty of opposite field pop and buggy whip of and a buggy whip of a swing, there is some swing and miss to his game though he impressed scouts with a better approach in 2023, showing that he can hit enough to get to that power. So again, this is somebody to keep your eye on or somebody to be on your radar, somebody that's ranked as the third overall prospect for the St. Louis Cardinals in their, in their system right now. Um, some other guys to keep, to be aware of uh, the number 10, number 10 prospect is Leonardo Bernal. He's a catcher. Again, he's his highest um he, he's he's been in single a uh oh i forgot thomas sagacy or sagacy I, I somebody can correct me uh in the chat or in the comments uh, with his name i'm probably saying it wrong um this is a guy who's at triple a and who could really help out the cardinals in 2024 if there's an injury um he's a fifth round draft pick from texas he came over in that jordan montgomery trade i believe he is a right-handed hitter He's 5'11", 175 pounds, 21 years old, right-handed infielder. And 
Sagesi saw time at all four infield positions in 2022. He got most of his action at second and third base. Um, he's a decent athlete with fringy speed, average arm strength, and he's best suited for second. So he's probably a future second baseman, which right now the Cardinals, you know, they have Brendan Donovan, Tommy Edmond, um, Nolan Gorman. So they definitely have a plethora of second basemen already. So we'll see if there's an injury there, potentially uh, Segesi could come up. But again, he's he does have some experience at AAA, so that's good. Um, so he's you know he's going to be on the AAA squad this year most likely. So that's an, another name to be aware of. Travis Honeyman, who who probably has the best name um, all out of all the Cardinals prospect. He was their third round pick in 2023. He's 6'2", 190 pounds, 22 years old, uh, and he is in rookie ball right now. Uh, so somebody to keep your eye on for sure. Juan Ben Cho, outfielder, playing at single A. Uh, right now or has been as high as single a according to mlb.com jimmy crooks a catcher is another player on the list jonathan mejia is at rookie ball he's a shortstop he's only 18 years old Uh, moises gomez he he actually was on the made made it to the mlb last season and got some mlb time Uh, he's number 24 on their list joshua baez is at single a he's an outfielder mike michael Siani is an outfielder as well who uh, is projected to be at the major league level or could be at the major league level in 2023 is their number 28 prospect and Pedro Pajes uh, and Mike Antico. Uh, Pedro Pajes is a catcher. Mike Antico is an outfielder. Pedro Pajes is uh, going to probably serve as the triple A triple A catcher this year. And if there's an injury, he, he could be called up. And Mike Antico is at double A. So that, that's kind of a list of the Cardinals top 30 prospects from a positional uh, from the positional side. I think that's going to do it. Please, 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 if you do not mind giving the podcast a five star review on Apple Podcasts, the link will be in the description to go do that. And don't forget to uh, engage with the show. You can DM the show at uh stl cardinals or at believe in stl cardinals rather on twitter you could email me directly at seth.dwald at gmail.com with a question for the show and that is it thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next time go cardinals Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.